Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Presented by Farhan bin Rafi' Ahmed. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In alhamdulillah, nahmadu wa nasta'in wa nasta'afiru. Wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina min sayyati amalina. Man yahdihillah falamudillalah. Wa man yudlil falantajida lahu waliyan murshida. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah al-ahadu al-qahhar. Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh. يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون. Indeed, all praise and thanks belongs to Allah تبارك وتعالى alone. We seek His help, His assistance, and guidance in all things. He whom Allah تبارك وتعالى guides, there is none that can misguide him. And he whom Allah تبارك وتعالى leads astray, there is none that can guide him except through the will and permission of Allah تبارك وتعالى alone. And I bear witness and testify. That there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah. And that Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib al-Hashimi al-Qurashi was the final messenger and prophet sent to all of mankind. O you who believe, fear Allah. Fear Allah as he deserves to be feared. And do not die except in a state of Islam. Do not die except that you are Muslims. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yassirli amri wahlil uqtatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Alhamdulillah, this is lesson 33. And this verse that we are taking, verse 21, is perhaps one of the greatest verses, one of the great verses of the Qur'an. And in this verse, we see the first command in the Qur'an. We see the first command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it is the first call from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the people in the Qur'an. This verse is the first thing that we have when someone opens the Qur'an from Al-Fatiha. This is the first direct call from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to all people. And so this means what is coming is an extremely important matter. Because this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is starting off as the first message to all people. Now yes, every verse of the Qur'an is for every person to read. However, this has a very unique distinction because it is addressing every single person that exists. The verse 21 of Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ اعْبُدُوا رَبَّكُمُ الَّذِي خَلَقَكُمْ وَالَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ O mankind, worship your Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who created you, and those who were before you, so that you can be of the muttaqoon, those who have taqwa. Now subhanallah, this is the first call from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to all people. And what did he call them to? To the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse calls on to his worship, which is the reason why we were created, the humankind and the jinn kind, so that we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a call to every single individual who was created. And this is the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the direct speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And he is calling out with that which is called Nida. When someone says Ya Which means Oh So it is a direct call An immediate call To every person who exists Now Subhanallah What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is calling us to is one word U'budu U'budu Now this in the Arabic language is in what we say the verbal command. This is a commanding verb. So this is a command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to all people. Imam al-Qurtubi rahimahullah who died in the year 671 after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says this is a command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to worship to exclusively worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a direct command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to exclusively worship Allah. And he says, Al-ibadah over here, it means to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and to stick to the laws that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set in Islam. To stick to the laws of Islam. He says, the essence of Al-ibadah is complete humility and submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the essence of al-ibadah. Complete humility and submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah who died in the year 751 after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says the essence of al-ubudiyyah which is submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in worship is Based on complete love Complete love Al-Mahabba And this is the foundation of your worship He says It is based upon a complete love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala But not just love He says But with complete submission to Him And complete humility That is obligatory Now over here We understand from this That it's not just enough to say we love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala You have to come with certain conditions And we know As we've previously taken That for an action to be worshipped For an action to be accepted By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala From the worship It has to be built upon two things We've taken this before The first is al-ikhlas Sincerity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And the second as mentioned Very beautifully by Sheikh Bakr Abu Zayd Rahimahullah He says al-mahabba Love for who? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Allah. And we know in the verse that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ Say if you truly love Allah. فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهِ Then follow me, follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and Allah will love you. This is the essence of worship. Complete submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and humility. Because the one who has an atom's weight of ego and arrogance will not enter the paradise. As found in the famous hadith of the Prophet So the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to come with a reality. And that reality is that we submit to him alone. Only Allah is to be submitted to completely and in complete humility. Now, Al-ibadah, if we wanted to use another word for it, it could be at ta'a 
Al-Ibadah, worship, it could be translated and you can say it is to obey. To obey the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger. Salawatullah wa salamuhu Imam al-Baghawi rahimahullah who died in the year 516 after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he says that Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with him and his father he said that every time al-ibadah is used in the Quran its meaning is at-tawheed every time al-ibadah who is saying this? Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma He's saying that every time al-ibadah is used in the Qur'an, then its meaning is at-tawheed. And the meaning of this is that we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. We single Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out as the divine Lord in truth. We affirm his names, attributes and qualities. And we single him out in worship without associating any partners in him. This is يعني, the crux of At-Tawheed. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He tells us, يعني, He commands us, He doesn't tell us, He commands us to worship Him, it means to do all forms of ibadah to Him alone. And it means to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the worships of the heart and the physical worships. That which is from the heart, for instance, that you have al-khawf, that you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That ultimately your highest point of fear is the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You don't fear anyone more than you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah, there are some people who fear poverty, death. They fear the government, for instance, if they're doing something. <laughs> they fear maybe potentially a rival family. They fear, they fear, they fear, but they don't fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the same way. And there are elements to this that have different severities. So for instance, a person can be more fearful of the people seeing him doing a sin rather than being fearful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching him at all times. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection. From the worships of the heart also is al-raja, hope. That ultimately your hope lies in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, there are people in this dunya that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places them in your life. And he gives them the ability to help you. And this is known. However, ultimately you attribute every success and the source of every success to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the hope that we need to have. That ultimately, yes, you go and you potentially quote a person for a job. He is not the one who is providing you your risk. He's not the one who is granting you your provision. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ultimately decides when you get your provision. If you get it granted to you. This person is a wasila, Something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed before you. And this person ultimately, his decision, who designed this yani, method, this mechanism, was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So ultimately, he is the one who designs and he is the one who ordains, and he is the ultimate provider. So you do not put your hope in other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala completely. So you don't say, for instance, if this person doesn't do this for me, I'm doomed. It's very common. I'm, 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 I'm stuffed, I'm screwed, I'm done, finished. If he doesn't do this for me. 
Where is your hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? For instance, if this, a lot of business people, right? They say that if this shipment or container of goods that they have, if it doesn't sell, then they are doomed. Right? They'll go through poverty, they'll file for bankruptcy, whatever it is. How do you not know that potentially you were saved from an evil? How do you know? Right? So for instance, subhanAllah, if there was a person who was selling something, and he couldn't sell it in the first three months, and his hope was all, all of it was in there, right? But then he said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who provides, he leaves it up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Perhaps in that time, the price of that item that you had doubled. And it's better for you for it not to have sold then than now. You don't know these things. You don't have the ilm al-ghayb, the, the, the unseen with you. So this hope that you have should be in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And another form of the worships of the heart is at tawakkul To have complete reliance in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And from them is al-mahabbah. That you don't love anyone more than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And from... The worships of the heart is, for instance, al-muraqabah. That you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you at every time, at every moment. These are the worships of the heart. Now, these are the ones that you do to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone from the worships of the heart. However, there are also more of them that we are not going to take at the moment. But there are also actions of the limbs and the tongue. So, that also comes under worship that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ordering you to do. Now, from the things of the limbs, the actions of the limbs are the things like the prayer, jihad, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the worships of the tongue, like a dhikr speaking truth, and what have you. These are all from the worships of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we do sincerely for His sake alone. And so when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells you to worship Him, it encapsulates every form of worship there is that is done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So worship is all of the worship that is inward and external and all of it must be done for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Now this command to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if one was to look and ponder over every single prophet and messenger every single prophet and messenger the call that they had was to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and not to associate any partners with him. And subhanallah, yes, it is true that every prophet and messenger that we have in the Quran, we can see that they were sent to deal with a specific problem or a social issue or a social ill of their time. We can see this. Some of them were dealing with idolatry. Some of them were dealing with money issues. Some of them were dealing with homosexuality. Some of them were dealing with, dealing with, dealing with. You go through it in the Quran and you can see that there were different prophets sent for, to sort out different issues. And then some of the scholars have stated that they are the roots of all issues. All of the issues that we have that the prophets and messengers dealt with, they are the roots of يعني, the issues that you can see what are the roots of all evil. However, with all of the issues that they dealt with, you can see that there was always a command to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. This call to tawheed. Now, another issue that comes is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, Ya ayyuhal nas, O mankind, O people, 
there has been a difference of opinion of who this was referring to. Was it just the disbelievers? Was it the believers? Was it certain disbelievers like the Jews by themselves? All of these have يعني, scholarly traditions from the Sahaba and after them. However, Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he says, there is a difference of opinion on this issue. And what he deemed as the strongest position, as a stronger position, is that it is a general address to all people, not just the, dis- not just the believers, but the disbelievers also. So, Ya Ayyuhan Nas, truly is, O mankind, every person who is alive. Now, subhanallah, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose to use as a quality of himself to tell you why we should all worship him alone was something very unique here that he could have started with anything, but he specifically chose one thing. He says that he is the one who created us. Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your Lord, the one who created you. Right? The one who created you. There is no other Lord who created the creation. He is the one who created you. And he had no associates doing it. Allah is the one who created all that exists. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not just created you, He created those who came before you. Now, al-khalq, if we look at it in its origin, the essence of al-khalq, Imam al-Baghawi rahimahullah, he mentions, is to create, or you, you can use the word initiate or invent, something that is unlike that which is before. So you do something, you create something that no one else has done before you. Something that's completely new. So like today, if I came with rubber, and I came with metal, and I made a tire, right? I made the rim out of the metal. You can't say that I am the creator of this thing, right? I might have manufactured it, I might have reproduced it, but I am not the khaliq of it, I'm not the inventor of it, right? So that is the origin of the word al-khalq. That you create something that you don't have anything before it that's like it. So there wasn't another human species before this. That's something that we know from the origins of this word. That there wasn't anything like this creation here. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who created you and those before you. Now subhanallah, why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose Allahu alam to, to use this as the first thing that he mentioned in the Quran. When someone opens it. As the reason why we should worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's obviously other reasons that are mentioned. Why you should worship Him. Is because in the time of the Arabs. right, There were many things. The kuffar of the Arabs. In the time of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Were many things. They were murderers. Highway robbers. Thieves. Cheaters. Gamblers. Drinkers. What have you. They did it. Right. But. The worst of them wouldn't deny that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was the creator of the heavens and the earth. The worst of them wouldn't deny this back then. Now we have people who are just next level. But the worst of the kuffar then, if you ask them who created the heavens and the earth, they would have said Allah. They would have said Allah. And this is recorded in the Quran for us. And who created the heavens and the earth when you ask them, they say Allah. So subhanallah, they believe this much. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding them here that He is the one alone who created them. And He is the one who created those who came before them. 
And he did this without no part- partners. And this is why they need to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, but there was an issue with their belief. They did believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being the creator. However, there was an issue in their belief. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he describes the issue and he says, وَيَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ مَا لَا يَضُرُّهُمْ وَلَا يَنْفَعُهُمْ And they worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that which neither benefits them nor does it harm them. وَيَقُولُونَ هَؤُلَاءِ شُفَعَاؤُنَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ And they say these are are our intercessors with Allah. That's what their problem was. They say that these idols that we worship, they are intercessors with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala completes the verse and he says, قُلْ أَتُنَبِّئُونَ اللَّهَ بِمَا لَا يَعْلَمُ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَلَا فِي الْأَرْضِ Do you inform Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of something he does? Something that he does not know in the heavens or the earth. Are you telling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala something that he doesn't know? Subhanahu wa ta'ala amma yushrikun. Exalted is Allah. Exalted far beyond Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from what they commit of shirk. From what they commit of shirk in him. Now, what they would do, the essence of this verse, is that they would get idols, they would worship them, they would give some worship to them, whether it was slaughtering for them, making dua to them, prostrating to them, whatever it was. They had these idols, they were doing this worship, whatever worship it was. And they were saying, we don't worship these idols. These are, are our shufa'a, intermediaries, between us and Allah. And subhanallah, yani the essence of this is that these people, these things, they bring us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he deems this action, and this is very important because this is one of the greatest doubts that is being proposed today. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls this action, and if you look at the, the wording that is used, it's very clear, crystal clear. Subhanahu wa ta'ala amma yushrikun Exalted is he and high above what they commit of shirk with him. Shirk. Yushrikun. I don't make this up. It's in the Quran. You can refer to it whenever you have time. Please don't do it in Ramadan. Do it before that and then continue it in Ramadan. Now, why do we need to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone? Yani why is this such an emphasis of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone? Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ So that you can achieve taqwa. You can achieve is God consciousness. And subhanAllah, we've taken previously what taqwa was. Does anyone remember? Hands up if you genuinely remember. If you genuinely remember. This was the second verse of Surah Al-Baqarah that we took. Probably less than 15, 16. Who remembers what taqwa was? I'm just, I'm curious, we're genuine. No one? Khalas, no problems. Failed as a teacher. Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he says, 
Amuttaqi, I copied and pasted what we took previously and I gave you this, the, the ones that we took the most of. Okay. He says, Imam al Qurtubi rahimahullah says, Amuttaqi is someone with taqwa. Someone with taqwa. And this person is higher than someone who is just a believer or someone who obeys. He is the one who, through his sincere and good deeds and his sincere supplications, seeks to be protected from the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is taken from the word that implies to put a barrier between that which you dislike. So the muttaqi is taken, taqwa is taken from the word that you use to put a barrier between that which you dislike. So you put a shield between that which you don't like. That's what the linguistic word stems from. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma he said that they are those who free themselves from shirk. This is who al-muttaquna. This is who they are. Alright, those who have taqwa. Ibn Abbas, he says, and these are important quotes that you need to know. Wallah, genuinely. I'm not just making it up because I'm giving you the lesson. But these are quotes that you genuinely need to memorize. Like this one here. Alright. Yani the emphasis of staying away from shirk is not something that started in Saudi Arabia 150 years ago. As people claim, everyone was okay with shirk until Muhammad al-Wahhab came. And you have to know these things. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, he says, they are those who free themselves from shirk, from polytheism, and those who are upon the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And those who are upon the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because subhanAllah, this is important, why? is because we have people who don't commit shirk, right? But they don't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they call themselves... Maybe even super Salafis. <laughs> right? They'll call themselves whatever names they want. However, they won't actually do the hard yards of doing the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They talk a big game. right? And this is why subhanAllah, in the book, either Iqtida' Sirat al-Mustaqeem or Al-Furqan of Shaykh al-Islam al-Taymiyyah, he mentions that a person with slight deviancy that is upon... The worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala completely with his five prayers, his multazim, properly. In comparison to the person who has pristine aqidah, however, with his obligations, he's not very يعني, solid with this, right? He's not, he doesn't maintain his obligations. Which one's better? Which one's better? The one who has slight deviancy? Slight, not kufriyat, right? He doesn't, he's not saying that Allah is three or anything like that. Relax. Someone with slight deviancy. Which one is better? Shaykh Al-Islam says the one who is observing his obligations is better than that per- the other person who is not observing his obligations. If someone doesn't pray on time, someone that, يعني, or misses his prayers, but he has pristine aqidah, he has the theoretical aspect down pat, but he doesn't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which one's better? Of course the one who observes his prayer. That's inshallah, that's going to be of something that is a mukaffira of that of the bad deeds that he does or the evil that he has. So this will wipe away the sin. So this is very important that we don't become heedless. So it's yes, you absolve yourself from shirk, but you're upon the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Very important. Then Imam At-Tabari rahimahullah, he says that the best of that which has been mentioned regarding those who, who they are, يعني المتقون, they are those who protect themselves from what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, who protect themselves from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through avoiding that which Allah has prohibited. So they protect themselves through 
that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, avoiding that which Allah has prohibited, they protect themselves from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with this, by avoiding it. They avoid sinning against Allah, they are those who are upon that which Allah has established upon them from the obligatory actions. So they stay away from the haram, and they do that which is ordered from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a muttaqi. This is someone who has taqwa. Imam al-Shawkani rahimahullah, he narrated that which is attributed to Abu Hurair radiallahu anhu and other companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam like Umar when they were asked radiallahu anhu when they were asked what is taqwa? What is taqwa? And they replied have you ever traversed upon a path that along it have you ever يعني, traversed upon a path that had thorns along it? Right? Thorns that were by its sides. Thorns. How did you traverse upon that path? And they said with extreme caution, so that the thorns don't prick their, th- their clothes or their skin. And he said that is taqwa. A modern يعني, explanation of this is that if glass was to fall right now, shards of glass on the floor right now, how would you go upon that path? You tippy-toe, you try to avoid, you try to make sure that you avoid that which harms you from these shards of glass that perhaps you don't see. That is taqwa. When you walk along this dunya, upon the path of this dunya, trying to avoid that which displeases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the same amount of caution. That is taqwa. That is taqwa. And subhanallah, this is essentially how we can achieve taqwa is in this verse also. How we can achieve taqwa is in this verse. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah, who died in the year 728 after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says in his book, Al-Istighatha, U'budu rabbakum, worship your Lord. This is a command to make your intention of worship sincerely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A command to make your worship sincerely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he says, for indeed, that is a cause of taqwa. So if someone says, how do I get taqwa? Simple. Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's it. And then you can be a muttaqi inshallah. That's all it is. No rocket science. There's no hidden path. I don't have like a parcel underneath this table. that if you come to me, kiss my hand six times, I'll give it to you. And then you have this special stone that you can walk along the path of this world. And you can say, my dua is accepted and I'm a muttaqi. So now you all have to listen to me. There's nothing like this in Islam. There's nothing like this in Islam. There's no secret society or order, you know what I mean, of like these special people who control the earth and they only have the connections with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's just whoever follows Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and stays away from the haram. That's all it is. That's all it is. There's no rocket science to it. There's no hidden equation. There's no nothing. That's all it is. Simple. Now, what this means is that if you want to have taqwa, you do two things and they are, yani, that we... Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And as we mentioned, it has to be done with ikhlas, complete sincerity. Because without this sincerity is the cause of pride and arrogance. If you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without sincerity, it usually comes out in the form of pride and arrogance. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to rid us of this and to cure us from this sickness. People who like to put it on other people. Just because they came to the masjid six times in their year And they become Quote unquote the haram police 
and they cause mischief on the earth. Wallah. Trouble on the earth. And all it is is that they want to put it on everyone else through arrogance and pride and ego. And they want to advise in the harshest manners. And they want to talk about other people. And they want to, and they want to. That's Allah salamu al-afiyah. If you're not doing it sincerely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is the cause of what? Pride and arrogance. And what this leads to is nifaq, as we took last week. It leads to hypocrisy. That's all it is. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection, Ya Rab. Now, Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not use the word ilahukum, your deity. He didn't say this. He said, Rabbukum. Ilah is a deity that is worshipped. And Rabb has a different meaning. So he's, يعني, what's the significance of this Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah? He says, Ar-Rabb, Ar-Rabb, which is the name of, one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is the master, the master, the king, the granter of goodness, the one who nurtures, the one who fixes and guides. That is who Ar-Rabb is. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, يعني, he didn't use the word ilahukum. Because Ar-Rabb has all of these meanings inside of it. And so he says, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has all of these qualities and they are true to him. That's the importance of this word here. Because it carries so much meaning. So this is what would compel a person to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. To worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone without any partners. If this is the true reality of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in this wording, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is saying very unequivocally, very explicitly, that He is your Lord, whether you like it or not. Rabbukum. Whether you like it or not, He's saying, O people, O mankind, worship your Lord. Worship your Rabb. Whether you like it or not, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is your Lord. You can deny it all you, want, all you want, but it doesn't change the reality of it. It doesn't change the reality that you were created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So whether you affirm it or not, it does not change your reality. That you are the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the property of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, a very interesting point that is mentioned in the tafsir of this verse is when was this verse revealed? When was this verse revealed? And I'm going to give you a principle that's really nice. It's really cool. right? And we're going to end it off with this last point. Alqama and Mujahid, rahimahumullah, from the great scholars of tafsir, they said that every verse that begins with, Ya ayyuhannas, O people, O mankind, every verse that starts off with, Ya ayyuhannas, O people, O mankind, was revealed in Mecca. Was revealed in Mecca. Whereas every verse that begins with Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, O you those who have believed, these were revealed in Al Madinah. This is the principle that is bring, being brought forward to you by who? Alqama and who? Mujahid. Alqama and <laughs> Really? We're already asleep? Really? Alqama and Mujahid. Okay, that's the principle that they're bringing. 
However, Imam Al-Qurtubi, rahimahullah, he says, <laughs> there's always something. Now, he says, this verse and the fact that Surah An-Nisa, chapter of An-Nisa, are Madinian chapters. It disproves this point here because they both have Ya Ayyuhan Nas, O people. He continues to say, as for what Imam Mujahid and Ikrimah mentioned regarding the principles of Ya Ayyuhaladina Amanu, then this is correct. Okay, so now what do we have? We take, generally speaking, from this principle, generally speaking, generally speaking, that Ya Ayyuhan Nas. Whenever it comes in the Quran, generally speaking, it is a Meccan verse. Ya ayyuhannas, O people, O mankind. And we can say almost with certainty that Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu is Medinian. It was revealed in Medina. So over here you have a general rule of thumb. However, there are exceptions to the first and not the second. The Meccan aspect, Ya ayyuhannas, sometimes it came in Medina also. It came in Mecca. And Al-Madina Whereas Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu Specific addresses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To the believers alone This occurred only in Medina As mentioned by Imam Al-Qamah And Al-Mujahid Rahimahumallah Now Urwah ibn Zubair Rahimahullah Who was the scholar of Medina of his time The son of Zubair ibn al-Awam uh, who was one of the closest companions of the Prophet yani Urwa was of the seven greatest fuqaha in Medina at his time right in Al-Medina and he was called the Imam of Medina now he said yani he was of the greatest of the tabi'een that resided in Al-Medina he said that whatever was revealed in relation to the hudud which can be translated I took some time with this and I came up with the legislated penal code of Islam. <laughs> a very fun way to say the punishments or the legislated punishments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But let's just call it that whichever was revealed, you know, like the, the whole thing that, yani if you steal, right? All of these things, right? That comes under the hudud. The hudud, right? The legislated penal code of Islam. I want you to check if, that, if someone else has used that or not. But anyways... All the obligations, right, the fara'id, that which has been obligated upon us, so the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that which is obligatory, then these were revealed in Al-Madinah. These were revealed in Al-Madinah. And as for that which was revealed regarding the previous nations, and that which is regarding the punishments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then these were revealed in Mecca. These were revealed in Mecca. And so this is general rules of thumb. General rules, however, there are exceptions to this, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Barakallahu fikum wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam wa jazakumullahu khaira wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah.